Welcome to the Infinitely Radiant Podcast, where my mission is to empower moms through pelvic and whole body wellness. My name is Miranda, and I'm bringing a holistic approach to helping moms reach their full potential and live their life to the fullest. I will be breaking down stigmas that we moms face and empowering you to elevate your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health to be the best you yet. I'm excited to have you join me on the quest to being infinitely radiant mamas. Hey y'all, today I've got on Dr. Amanda Thompson, and we'll be discussing postpartum care in the fourth trimester. She's a friend, colleague, and mentor of mine, and she's helping so many women better their pelvic health, and there's such a wealth of information, and so I'm so excited to have her on today. How are you doing today, Amanda? I'm doing great, thank you. Awesome. Well, let's dive in, but first, tell us a little bit about yourself and what inspired you to start your own business. So I am originally from the Houston area, a town called Humble, Texas, and then I moved to undergrad and at Texas A&M where I met my husband, I slowly made my way up to a rural area. So I live in rural Texas and I graduated PT school in 2013. I went straight working to the hospital setting. I have a lot of experience and knowledge from school, but you know, the first year out is when you really learn the most. I feel really honored that I was able to do literally everything right out of school, inpatient, outpatient, home health, the rural town that I lived in and the hospital that I worked for, we did everything. So during my time at this rural hospital, I started noticing some trends. And so I'm also the annoying front row sitter in PT school or during coursework. And I always have the questions and I always, try to figure out the root problem of people's issues, not just their surface level uh, problem. The other thing I, I felt like early on in my career is I didn't accept pain as acceptable. <laughs> so my clients would come in and they'd be like, I've been having chronic pain for X amount of years and I've done this, this, and this. And I feel like deep down, I just really, it irked me that people would just provide opioids or send them for therapy and therapy would just do the exact same cookie cutter exercises every time they came in. So really quickly after I started working, I quickly moved into the director role, which meant within less than two years of being out of PT school, I was actually in charge of all the PTOTST for my entire department. Wow. What I didn't, what I didn't know at the time was everybody that was there was jumping ship because there was this, a, a vote to close or keep the hospital open. Basically it was going to increase taxes in the town in order to keep the hospital open. I really fast tracked my way to the director position because everybody was jumping ship quickly after that, the vote failed and the hospital ended up closing. Fun fact, I was nine months pregnant when the hospital closed. I delivered less than a week afterwards, even though I was three weeks early. And I think the stress of closing down a hospital may have had to do with it. Luckily I was, yeah. And I was, luckily I was working already PRN for the, another local hospital in a different town. It was Wise Health Systems at the time. And I moved quickly from a PRN role to a full-time staff member. 
again, the same things started happening is I would notice these trends, but now I had a different perspective because I had my own child. So the amount of knowledge that I knew about public health and women's health was very minimal. Why? People ask me all the time, well, why? Well, in PT school, I got a two-hour lab and a two-hour lecture, and it was basically a joke. It was an intern coming in, and basically we got the very low grade of what the pelvic floor muscles are, what their functions were. And then the lab, I honestly don't even remember. I just remember that the lab was like my professor telling everybody jokingly, okay, now everybody take your clothes off. We're going to start the lab component. And everybody just like red face and eyes wide open. And it was, it was a joke. Everybody giggled throughout the whole time. And it was truly not very well taken because at the time it was still not talked about. The discussion was not conversated about, but I myself had a difficult time getting pregnant. So both of my children are infertility babies, IVF, lots of drugs. And then I had very traumatic deliveries, but where my knowledge started peaking up and I really started diving into courses was between the clients that I had at the clinic and my own personal issues. So I was going to these courses to not only help my clients, but help myself as well. But I truly understood that there I understood that there was a complete disconnect between the medical world and what patients were actually wanting and needing. And a lot of it had to do with complete lack of knowledge. So OB-GYNs have been delivering babies for generations. Pe people have been having babies for since the beginning of time. And truly the gap of knowledge is of what's needed and what's normalized is really poor. And I just started getting really deep into it. But I still was working at the hospital-based system, which means I was doing pelvic health and outpatient. I was, I was an orthopelvic therapist. I also was able to run over to labor and delivery. So I made rounds on every, labor and delivery every morning at 7 a.m. Wow. And then if somebody needed me in the acute phase, I actually would be able to go during my lunch break lunch break, meaning I never had a lunch break. I got oh, to work no. at 7 a.m. every day and where, and my kids were in daycare at the time. So my kids went to daycare as soon as they were old enough to go to daycare, basically around six to nine weeks. They started at a full-time daycare and my kids didn't know any different they would, we would wake up six o'clock, throw them in the car and they would go to daycare and I would, I would pick them up about 530 every day. And that was a really horrible work-life balance. I really struggled mentally. I really struggled physically to be able to do it all. And although from the outside, it looked okay, I was literally digging myself a hole that I could never get out of. But COVID was the beginning of the end for me at the hospital because I was a salaried employee and I was a considered a essential employee. I worked more hours that, that time during COVID than I have ever worked in my life. 
I worked inpatient rehab. I worked acute care. I did COVID rounds. I worked on labor and delivery and outpatient. Of course, surgeries weren't happening at the time. And my pregnant patients weren't allowed to come in because the doctors told them to stay or clear and all the things. So COVID was the beginning of my, I was drowning before COVID. And then they, they furloughed or cut all the PTAs and techs. So all your helpers down. And then so salaried employees were working our tails off. My kids know no different in the COVID realm. They still went to daycare every day. I was blessed to have a wonderful, wonderful daycare. I remember it was like pick up, it was pick up and drop off. You didn't even go inside. It was great. It was like curbside pickup for your kids. And my daycare was amazingly wonderful. So I was blessed to have that component in my life and that part didn't change for them, which actually kept our lives very normal. My husband is a farm and rancher. So again, his life didn't change at all during, during the COVID time. But it was when my oldest child started kindergarten. So my oldest child started kindergarten. That would have been fall of 21. So I'm still in the grind at the time. It was a struggle bus just to like get out the door. But at public school, which we live in the middle of nowhere, so there's no after school care. I had to have somebody take my kid to school because I had to leave my house by 6.30 to get to work on time. The school didn't open until 7.30. So someone had to take my kid and I had to pay someone to pick up my kid three days a week because of my schedule. So I missed field trips. I missed Thanksgiving, the big things that they do before, like at Thanksgiving, I missed Halloween parties. I missed just a bunch of stuff that fall, which was still kind of not happening like normal because of the pandemic. So it was the Thanksgiving party that I missed that I was like, I have worked so hard to get where I'm at and I'm killing myself for the last 10 years. I did everything I was supposed to do. I'm not appreciated at work. I love my patients. I love the people I work with, but you're literally a mill. You're supposed to see three patients an hour. It doesn't matter what they're in for. You basically charge as much as you humanly can. And it was a mill and I was struggling. I had, I thought there was no difference. So I missed a lot of stuff. So back it up to December of 2020, I actually finished taking the Institute for Birth Healing's advanced postpartum course. So I finished the Institute for, for Birth Healing's um, certification. That was a lot, a big light bulb for me. I learned a lot of my skills for early postpartum from her. And I started diving deeper into like my inner why and why I'm doing what I'm doing. And at the time I was like, there's no way I can't do what I want to do. What I want to do is impossible to do at the hospital-based system. It just can't work. One plus one cannot equal two in outpatient world. It just doesn't exist. So speed it up a little bit. A dear friend of mine, her name's Taryn Sands. She has a local CPA um, firm where I live. And she was basically like my inner cheerleader. And she was like, I don't know why you're not doing it on your own. You could totally do it on your own. And I'm like, I can't do it on my own. All X, Y, Z reason why I can't do it on my own. So I have Lynn Schulze's finals course. My friend's basically pushing me off the edge. And then I'm then 
that fall, December or that fall of 21, I I missed all the things for kindergarten, which to some people was not a big deal, but I had kids late in life and I'm like, I'm almost 40 and I'm missing all the things. <clears throat> so I took a leap. I wasn't super prepared. I got a little bit preparation, but I wasn't really super prepared. And I just jumped two feet in. I quit my job. I started my own practice. I started out renting a office out of a physician's office. I quickly moved to a to a CrossFit gym where I rented an office space from a local CrossFit gym. Then I realized that wasn't working. And so now I'm actually in a 2000 square foot space. I have staff and I've moved really quickly into that world because it's truly needed in our area. But that's a long version of how I got there. But I feel like my work-life balance, although I'm continuing to work nonstop and I have no, no stopping in, in mind, I have so many goals and aspirations. I feel like as an entrepreneur, you can always see where the next step is going. But I truly feel like the world that we live in, which is helping anybody, but specifically the women's health niche, which is pregnancy and postpartum, the reason I got into it was because the lack of knowledge that's in the world, as well as my own issues that were not being addressed by any provider, and then catapulting it into my own personal work-life balance has really just kind of catapulted me into this um, entrepreneurship world. Yeah, for sure. And similar story with me getting burnout, daughter dropping her off at 630 morning at daycare, picking her up at 630 at night. It just started breaking my heart and got burnout. Yes. Um, you know, our stories and just family life too, right? When the kids come into the picture, how do we want to be present for them? What does that look like for us and seeing how we can make that dream a reality of I can spend time with them and still have yes. this work life and be a business owner. And I want to say, it's been awesome for me to see you grow through all this. Cause when we first met, I think it was the Herman Wallace level two class in Fort Worth. A long time ago. <laughs> You're still at wise. And so I've seen you through this transition too. And so it's just been awesome for me to see your growth and where you are today is awesome. So, and I think it's cool to note too, yeah, how we met each other. We met each other at a, mm -hmm. a public health course. And people ask me all the time, I'm in a, a mastermind with all pelvic health therapist and they're like how are you how are y'all not arguing or fighting or i'm like but we're not we collaborate collaborations how we're all going to be successful because there's all the pelvises in the world that we all need to reach and truly i've known you for several 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 years gotten to know you more mm -hmm. in the more recent years but i feel like collaboration between professionals and just bouncing ideas off of each other is really how we're all going to be really successful so I appreciate you mentioning that because we we have known each other for a few years. <laughs> Definitely. I know looking back, I'm like, wow, that was that long ago that we met. But yeah, love the collaboration for sure. And so I know we wanted to get into the fourth trimester and discuss that today, shed some light on it and help just spread that awareness for people. So can you explain for those that don't know, what is the fourth trimester? So I... Everyone is familiar with the trimesters of pregnancy. So first trimester, the first 12 weeks, second trimester, right in the middle. That's, I feel like when people feel the best, they're not morning sickness anymore. They feel their best in the second. And then by the third trimester, they're absolutely miserable. But the fourth trimester is those 12 weeks after you deliver baby, which are actually the most vital time for mom and baby 
to connect to for your hormones to even sort of start shifting there's a huge hormone shift for mom and baby baby has been fed hormones and their nutrition in embryonic and fetal stage and then all of a sudden they're out in the world and you're having to feed baby Um, their hormones are drastically dropping there's a lot of changes that happen with their skin and there's a lot of scary things that as a first time mom especially but even like as a subsequent mom you are terrified you have no idea what to expect and then every little thing kind of triggers you so i remember my husband my son had hiccups all the time and he actually made me make a physician appointment to go to the doctor because my kid had hiccups all the time and i'm like oh dear god okay so i go to the doctor and i'm like wide-eyed looking at him like and if she ever listens to this she'll be like yep you sure did and i'm like uh she's like why are you here i'm like my kid has hiccups and she she's like okay i'm like my husband made me make an appointment and I don't know, my insurance is covering it. So I guess it's fine. Actually, my insurance didn't cover it at the time because remember back, I said I lost my job. So I lost my job and then I delivered my baby. And then I had to, those first three, four months after baby, I had no insurance whatsoever. Everybody's like, well, didn't you have Cobra? No, because the hospital physically shut down. So I had nothing. So I've had both ends of the spectrum where I, I lose both of it. But the first 12 weeks, is the most vulnerable time for mom. This is when we're healing after delivery. Healing actually takes six to nine months at minimum. I tell my moms it's nine months to 12 months before you're actually back to what you should have been prior. It takes nine nine months to get where you're at. So it takes that much time to get recovered. But we're seeing these moms return to work, you know, before the 12 weeks. And so if the fourth trimester is 12 weeks, which is the first, second, third, fourth trimester, you're not sleeping, you're not eating, your hormones are shifting, your bleeding is at least two weeks, maybe six weeks. And so you are just literally trying to figure out what's happening regulatory wise. Now, that's really the kind of short version of what the definition of the fourth trimester is. But we're going to start diving into how we play a role in the fourth trimester, because I think that is the most important and where I feel like the majority of the population misses the boat, even myself, even myself. So I'm I'm trying to provide what I did not have or have the opportunity to have as a new mom. Yeah. So let's go ahead while we're kind of going into that. Let's talk about why you are so passionate about the fourth trimester and how we as pelvic floor therapists can help during this stage right after having a baby. Absolutely. So like I said, the first, the fourth trimester is the first is 12 weeks postpartum, but it's really just the beginning. We have moms. I have, I've had moms. I have a mom right now. She's a student and she's planning on having an induction specifically around her nursing test so after they do nursing school they have to take a test for board it's boards basically she's scheduled for her boards two days two days after her delivery and i'm like oh my goodness gracious so and she induction is specifically around it because otherwise i think she has to wait for the next round of boards oh i wish her the best number one but we're really prepping her body it's third baby so she's not unfamiliar with it but She's never been to public floor therapy before. So we're really trying to prep her for that. But we have moms returning at two weeks, 
six weeks. So, you know, the law says we have to, we, if I have someone that's pregnant on staff, I have to, by law, keep their job for six weeks. But by law, I don't have to keep it longer than that. You can apply for FMLA for those that qualify, can get up to 12 weeks postpartum um, leave, but not everyone qualifies for that. And let's be real, not everybody can afford that. You know, it's unpaid in the United States. Mm -hmm. The United States has probably the worst maternity we could talk for hours about right, the, honestly, that could be a whole nother podcast. Episode. Yeah, maternity and paternity benefits postpartum like it's a let's schedule that one for a few weeks out. But we have moms actually returning to work at that time and the work could be, you know, a a cook at Whataburger. The, the work could be a office manager at a any office and but they could also be physical they could be a yoga instructor or you know maybe they have a labor intensive job where they have to lift heavy things they work in a factory all of us have different requirements for our job so specifically our jobs at the hospital are you're required and in, in acute care to pick up a human by yourself and transfer them from the bed to the chair so i'm so proud of some of my moms currently as patients they are physical therapists in different towns. They, they live about an hour. They're physically coming here because there are seven, eight weeks postpartum. I have another one who's pregnant and she's prepping herself for it. So I'm so proud of them, but they know they have to return at 12 weeks lifting the minimum required 70, 75 pounds by the, by the testing work, work conditioning steps that we have to take prior to get returning to work It's 75 pounds. Is it, is it nice for a mom to be picking up 75 pounds after delivery? No, we can talk for hours on that. But the key point that I want to make here is that the physician clears us between four and six weeks. So the physician, depending on when you delivered and where you're at, when they're going on vacation or their protocol, you have a four-week or a six-week follow-up after delivery. Sometimes they check your cervix, sometimes they don't. All they're doing, their job is to see if your cervix is, is closing and to see if your uterus has returned to its, or it's returning to its normal pre-baby size. The reason for that is they, and to see if you take, if you tore, if you have any residual stitches still there, which can take eight weeks sometimes to heal, but they are literally clearing you anatomically that you're okay, that you're not going to hemorrhage again, that you're not going to, you know, pass out from something. They're only clearing you medically. They're not clearing you from anything else. Although it's perceived, yes, you can return to intercourse. Yes, you can return to exercise. But I have a lot of women that tear and they're like, oh my God. And their husbands expect them to have sex right after they're cleared from the appointment. The amount of trauma that happens during delivery, the amount of anticipated trauma happening with the first time they have sex, much less the first time you have a bowel movement after baby, vaginal or C-section, yeah. it's terrifying. So the trauma that goes along with it is just astronomical to be able to have, to be able to have intercourse again. And your hormones are really janky. You don't know what's going on. I was still bleeding with my second baby at six weeks postpartum. So definitely nothing happening there either. And I didn't have any tearing with either of my babies, thank God. But 
the other caveat is returning to exercise. We have some moms that maybe they have really labor intensive jobs, or maybe they are, they get their stress relief by exercising. So they go straight back into a CG workout, straight back into a CrossFit workout. And although they may not be quote unquote symptomatic, they are not healed. They are not healed. They are cleared from the physician. They are potentially getting up every three hours with baby. So they're not sleeping. The cortisol levels are really wonky. Everybody's concerned about baby for the six, first six months. I tell all my moms, the first six months is survival. It's not six weeks, it's six months. Because truly the baby needs to eat every three hours. The baby eats, poops, and sleeps. That's really it. They start their developmental milestones. No one talks about what mom needs. As a mom myself, I felt the pressure to get my body back, especially with my second. I had a toddler to take care of. I also had to clean, cook. I cooked, you know, meal prep for my son going to the to school, daycare the next day. I tried to keep his more his routine the same. Kept up on laundry. For some reason, with my first child, I had all these projects that I was going to work on because I wasn't going to be at work for six weeks. So I had an extra bedroom I was going to clean out and I was going to clean out the garage and all these projects in my brain because I felt like I needed to be productive in something else. Did I get any of those done? No. Then I spiraled more into like a postpartum anxiety era of, of, for both of my kids because I was so stressed out not being able to be successful in other ways that I actually didn't just enjoy sitting with my baby. It gave me anxiety to sit. It still gives me anxiety to sit. But I was really blessed. My parents, my family doesn't live around here. My, my mom flew in for two weeks with both my kids and I'll forever be grateful for that time. But I, and she made me sit down. She cooked, she cleaned, she did my laundry. She did everything for me so that I could bond with baby. But once she was gone, it was like full steam ahead and I had to keep going. So my goal postpartum is for my, what I wish I would have had, which we'll dive into some stuff that we physically do with our moms postpartum. But my goal is to really hone in on mom. So as a kind of a thank you to my moms, but also as I'm gonna prep you for the rest of your postpartum care, when my patients come in while they're pregnant, I go see them in their home between two and four weeks postpartum because I know as a mom, it's impossible, especially first baby, you think it's impossible to leave your house. Or for me, I thought it was impossible to leave my house because I was trying to do a sleep training cycle. But with my second, I would just leave to go take my kid to daycare and then try to make a Walmart run before she was screaming bloody murder or, or had a explosive diarrhea in Walmart and have to leave all my stuff there and leave before grocery pickup and then get home enough time to basically feed her one more time and then basically turn around and go back. So I know how hard it is to get out of the house. And if we can establish some sort of normalization of treating a mom two to four weeks postpartum to, and I'll say it now, but we're going to dive into it in a minute to close them out of the open birth position Getting them out of the open birth position, even if I never see them again, that's literally going to catapult them to have a much better recovery than if they don't get the closed out of the open birth position. But yeah. truly, we got moms that are 
returning to work too quickly, returning to intercourse and exercise too quickly, and they truly don't understand why they need to. So we'll definitely dive into that as well. Yeah, all great information there in giving women an idea of why it is important to seek help. And we don't have to, and I know me going through my postpartum experience, like my identity became being a mom, especially that was during COVID. And so that's all I had to do. So that was what I did. And then also dealing with leakage and prolapse and those body issues. There's so much in that postpartum phase that we really need a ton of support. And then so knowing a pelvic floor therapist, how they can help support during that phase and take a lot off of us in that way. So let's get into when you are working with moms during this trimester, kind of getting into the open birthing position, what that is, kind of going into that mm -hmm. for moms so they know, and then how you work with them during that stage. So I'm going to describe the open birth position so audio can understand it, but I'm also going to do a visual. So when this is on YouTube, as well as I have a video on my YouTube. And so I did learn this technique from Lynn Schultz. She's from the Institute for Birth Healing, and she discovered this technique. Once I took this course and learned this technique, it literally catapulted my, my mindset. And I kind of want to backtrack a little bit a little bit to PT school. And maybe you can relate to this too. And anybody listening that the uh, PT can, can relate to this. In PT school, you start talking about musculoskeletal and the spine. And they tell you, just be prepared for low back pain. That's the diagnosis that you're going to hear. 80% of your patients are going to be low back pain. They were right. All Everybody comes in with low back pain. 80% of patients come in with low back pain. You get your post-ops and your shoulder pains and your impingements and hip pains, but the majority of your patients are low back pain. So it's very easy in the outpatient world to become very cookie cutter with your treatment because it's, it's a burnout stage. You literally do, it works for some people and it doesn't work for other people. But... I also would work on SI joint dysfunctions and I love the pelvis. I had SI joints my dysfunction myself. And I know a lot of my clients that would come in even to this day that say, I, I would have to get aligned by my therapist, by my athletic trainer, by my chiropractor every other day. Every other day I need to get aligned. Why is my, my biggest thing. And I, at, for a long time, that was definitely how I that how I treat it. I'll just do their alignment. We need to strengthen, do their alignment and we need to strengthen. But when I learned this technique of the open birth position, what it is. And so whether you've had a vaginal birth or a C-section birth at some point, I always tell my mom's back, backtrack to your very first labor and delivery, even if it ended up in a C-section, when the baby's head is starting to descend into the pelvis or their butt, because if they're breech, it still does the same thing. The pelvis at the top opens, and so we have an open top, so baby can kind of move around. As we get closer to delivery, the baby's head descends or goes down into the pelvis, and it goes closer to going out. So we know when we learn about effacement, dilation, and the stages of delivery, that all happens at the same time. And so it's not something that happens over like a quick second, it's gradual. I tell my moms that sometimes it happens, you know, starting around 34 weeks, sometimes a little bit later. Some people that go into early, early preterm labor, 24, 26 weeks, it's starting to happen then. So when the baby delivers or when you vaginal delivery or your 
delivery is stalled because of some sort of other reason and then baby's taken out via c-section the sit bones the bones that you're sitting actually physically have to splay or go out to the side and the tailbone has to move so if you google a mom delivering a baby on all fours you'll actually see their butt bone or their sacrum move out of the way what happens when we have hospital births which I can't say anything, I had two hospital births, is your butt is on that bed. But even for my moms that deliver on the side, the, the bones have to move. The bones physically have to move. Whoever tells you the bones don't move is crazy because they've never seen a mom deliver a baby. But even with a C-section, those bones were slowly moving and the baby was taken out. So especially my C-section moms, but I've never met anyone, whether they're two weeks postpartum, or 60 years postpartum. So whether they're 22 or 82, that is not still in the open birth position. Now, that means that their sit bones are way out to the side, the tailbone's kicked out to the side, and that doesn't even take into consideration any other changes that happen in the pelvis that we change and compensate. So as we know, as public health therapists, the muscles underneath, with I'm sure both of us have videos on our social media, the muscles underneath the pelvic floor are supposed to be supportive. They're supposed to support and stabilize everything above it and stabilize the pelvis. So if my bones are no longer where they were before, then the, the hammock that's supposed to be supportive becomes a hammock and it sinks down. So I always describe the Charmin commercial of the, the bear wiping their bottom and the, the Charmin toilet paper with something heavy on it and charm it the heavier that toilet paper gets that it just sinks down so our organs and all the pressure kind of sinks down of course other toilet paper is just going to tear which happens with some of my moms that have prolapse and some of my moms that have chronic constipation and pelvic tension issues i explain that that tearing is the organ kind of falling but our support system, the hammock is just sinking and the muscles will never be able to contract fully. They'll have limited pelvic floor control. They'll have chronic constipation. They'll develop pelvic tension. The, the, they can develop trigger points, which will manifest into vulvodynia and vaginismus and dyspareunia and all those diagnoses. Just Google it. But really the source comes from that open birth position. So what's fascinating is once you close them out of the open birth position, people are like, I feel whole again. Of course, the longer than they're in the open birth position, the longer it may take to feel better. But if I can close them up immediately after the baby's born or as close to immediately, then we can start working on pressure management and coordination. Because what's happening is moms are open, then they're adding all the pressure for example, deliver a baby in the winter, you get bronchitis, you start coughing, all that pressure is going south, you get another baby pregnancy right away, or you're carrying the carrier that is heavy. You're carrying, I remember, and I have to tell you this story. So I remember I was two weeks postpartum, but my son was almost three, he was super clingy, and I was still taking him to daycare because I thought it was going to be the best thing for him to keep his normal routine, which it was. But of course, he's super clingy. So where I had to walk from drop off to inside was probably at least a hundred maybe 200 feet so i remember carrying the backpack for him 
her carrier, and I did this all the way until she was out of the carrier because the dunas didn't exist then, and him, a three-year-old. So I was carrying carrier, backpack, and then when she came to daycare at six weeks, I was carrying another backpack, plus all their food, plus her bottles, and I would and him, my three-year-old, all carrying them in all the way in. Although I wasn't doing CrossFit, I was loading my body before my body was ready to be loaded. And so although the pelvic floor, and I was not closed out of the open birth position for the record for years to come because I didn't go to this course until years afterwards, but I started developing my own issues. Well, duh, like now I'm like, of course that happens. So when I go to my mom's houses, I close them out of the open birth position. The first appointment anybody ever comes into my office, they're closed out of the open birth position. Even a loss of baby, so a miscarriage, early deliver, early pregnancy or late pregnancy, you your body doesn't know any different, which is fascinating to me. So your body is still opening up. Doesn't close it doesn't open up for your period, but it does open up for a loss. Your body doesn't know any difference. So I hone in on the open birth position, the first visit. And then I explain how all of these things are connected. And then it's like an aha moment for a lot of my patients, especially my chronic low back pain, which we could do a whole nother hour on how low back pain and public floor is connected. But the entire process of the fourth trimester, so it begins when my moms are pregnant, I start educating them closer and I start educating them why they need to be seen two to four weeks postpartum. But we're talking about nutrition for mom. We're talking about fluid intake for mom. We're talking about meal prepping for mom, snacks for mom, easy things to have on hand, sleeping for mom, sleeping, having other people helping you, whether it's a family member or postpartum doula, which I knew, which I wish I would knew existed when I delivered a baby. I had no idea they existed but truly healing. So healing, what's normal healing for an episiotomy? What's normal healing for a C-section scar? What's normal healing for your pelvic floor and muscles, which is longer than most people expect. And it's usually four to six months post breastfeeding. So if you're still breastfeeding, the dryness and all the things, the tissue healing, all the things that may actually impede or delay your, your healing process. So really when the physician clears you for returning to sex or exercise, it doesn't necessarily mean you're ready. You're probably in the open birth position. You're probably still needing to heal and you really need to start coordinating those pelvic floor muscles because the truth of the matter is we as pelvic floor therapists, me and you and other people out there are just trying to educate the community that it's not normal to leak after a baby. It's not normal to have pain with intercourse. It's not normal for your tampons to fall out. It's not okay for those things to be normalized. So we talk about all the things that everybody's uncomfortable talking about, but truly backtracking and normalizing the recovery process is key. Like I said, we're providing care that we should have had as providers, but especially as moms. You know, we wear two hats. We got to take our hat off, mom hat off and put our therapist hat on and really be able to talk to our patients about this. But what's really cool is I actually have a guide coming out in January and it's what your PT wants you to know about postpartum care. And it's going to be the first six weeks postpartum. It's going to be how to get, get a provider that can get you out of the open birth position 
A provider can also do it virtually. It's a little bit more complicated, but it can be done as well as truly getting your body to coordinate your pelvic floor muscles, working on your belly and your abdomen, preventing prolapse, doing all those things really, really early on. And then summer of 2024, I'm gonna have a, a guide, another guide come out that is gonna be more for returning to exercise. So you have to know how to rehab yourself first. Even if you're six years postpartum, getting those first six weeks and making sure that you're out of the open birth position, your pelvic floor muscles are coordinating. Because if you go to pick up a, a bag of dog food or a, a case of water, if your pelvic floor cannot support everything above it, it's truly getting you recovered. So whether you are preparing for postpartum or whether you're several years out of postpartum, truly getting the recovery that you should have had those first six weeks is going to be vital to your long-term recovery. So prevention of prolapse, prevention of chronic low back pain and chronic hip pain, prevention of urinary leakage and constipation and pelvic pain, all of those things can be prevented. We treat them as symptoms after they've already catapulted into that category. But if you have zero symptoms, you still are a candidate for therapy. So as a pelvic floor PT, we know everyone needs us. Whether they have, like I said, no symptoms or a lot of symptoms, whether they're two weeks postpartum or 30 years postpartum, whether they're trying to get pregnant or whether they don't want babies at all. Maybe they're 18 experiencing issue issues or they have, they have children that are bedwetting or children that are have daytime leakage. We treat all of those things. The key is, is if I had, a, I always tell my patients, in Amanda's perfect world, we could treat you while you're pregnant, whether you have symptoms or not. Every mom needs to be treated for birth prep and symptom management if they're having any symptoms. So if I never, if I only saw a patient at 20 weeks, 28 weeks and 30 weeks, I would be able to give them a really good plan for the remainder of their pregnancy and then be able to schedule them for postpartum therapy. The reason is, is I like to do some other stuff at 30 weeks to prep for delivery, make sure the tissues are nice and happy and make sure the patient is pushing correctly and efficiently. That way, if there are tissue issues, tissue issues or <laughs> trigger points or the peritoneum's not quite ready or we have scar tissue from a prior delivery, then we have enough time to be able to resolve that before delivery is talked about with the OB-GYN. So continuum weekly would be perfect, would be perfect world, but it's not necessary for every single patient. So after delivery, treating them postpartum at two to four weeks postpartum, and then treating them weekly for full 12 weeks. Why? 12 weeks, it takes, it takes six to eight weeks to build muscle. That's what the research says. That's what all science says. No matter what you do, it takes six to eight weeks to build muscle. But it takes three months to make change. So every program that you ever do, whether you do life coaching or an exercise program, if you do uh, any program or life change, three months is at minimum for you to make change. So 12 weeks is the perfect world to be able to return to whatever you want to do. So whether it is returning to exercise without leakage or returning to exercise with the most optimal core, everyone stops when they feel better. So they have no symptoms. Maybe they don't have leakage. Maybe they don't have pelvic pain anymore. Maybe they don't have low back pain. 
but the key is is moving past that no more pain and getting them to 100% and 110% because what happens is just getting you out of the pain is part of the process getting you past that and building and, and loading the tissue and getting you to a point where you never need us again is our job to explain that better i feel like especially in traditional model we get you out of pain and then you're like i'm done bye i've graduated i have no more pain guess what happens six months later three months later one year later they're back for the exact same problem and so truly transitioning the the core values of ourself to put ourselves ahead if we are not feeling good if we are symptomatic if we're having pain if we are not 100 percent, which i am no one to i i can lecture myself on this as well but if we are not putting ourselves first and we are teaching a our children to not put themselves first but we will never be in my in my world i tell my kids my only job is to be a, to teach you to be a good human so i all my job is to be as a good human so i can't teach you to be a good human if i myself am not being a good human by taking care of myself you can't pour from an empty glass you're only giving your your children 10 percent of you and then you're short with them you're frustrated with them you're frustrated with yourself there's meltdowns there's always going to be meltdowns but until you feel good you won't be able to provide what you are intentionally trying to provide for your own kids. So every pelvic floor therapist is ready to see you. Every pelvic floor therapist that I know is ready to treat those mamas while they're pregnant, while they're postpartum, and try to really bridge the gap between us and the personal trainer aspect, us and getting back in the CrossFit gym. But even simple things like being able to pick up your toddler without pain or your grandbaby without pain, or being able to sit in a long car ride without pain, be able to have intercourse, be able to have an orgasm would be great. So we treat all of those things. And it's fascinating how broad our area is and still how lack of knowledge the world is. So I appreciate you, A, bringing me on here so we can, sure. together we can coordinate with the world to know that this is a thing that can be addressed and fixed. So perimenopause, postmenopausal, breastfeeding, all the things most public floor therapists that I know especially those that have branched out on their own, they are wealth of knowledge. They have lots of resources in their community and we collaborate with each other on all the platforms. So Instagram, we collaborate, we have pelvic health, PT, Facebook pages. We have colleagues that we're reaching out to, hey, I have a client with blah, blah, blah problem. And do y'all have any resources? So we are reaching out with our fingertips. It's not just me, myself, and I. I am reaching out to the masses to get answers for my clients. Yep, I'll have the same goal of helping our patients as best we can and helping them reach their full potential. And if we have mm -hmm. to go get answers elsewhere, we're gonna find them so that we can better serve our clients. And so thank you so much for everything you've shared. And I want to see, is there anything you want to tell us specifically about your clinic? I know you mentioned a couple of guides you have coming up, which is amazing. I'm super excited mm -hmm. for you and excited for the release of those, but anything else specific about your clinic? So I am located in Bridgeport, Texas, which is in Wise County. It is Northwest of the DFW area. 
but we do treat virtual clients. So I have clients all over the, the nation. I'm also certified with the Integrative Women's Health Institute from Jessica Drummond. So I offer health coaching. So all of my clients that are out of state or go into the health coaching um, category, but we treat everything related to pregnancy, postpartum, leakage, bowel dysfunction, pediatric health, but we also treat any orthopelvic conditions low back pain, hip pain, a joint dysfunction and pain. I also have experience with vestibular dysfunction. I have a separate passion for that. So I'm the only one in the county that treats vestibular dysfunction to the degree that I do treat it. I was trained by one of the best people in the nation for vestibular dysfunction. So if you're trying to locate us, you can just hop on Google, Google rooted physical therapy, but our Instagram is Rooted Physical Therapy. Our Facebook page is Rooted Physical Therapy, R-O-O-T-E-D for the rooted. We're trying to find the root cause of your issues. But my TikTok right now is Dr. underscore Amanda Thompson underscore PT. And my YouTube channel is Dr. Amanda Thompson PT. But I have all of that tagged into my link tree on my Instagram. So if you go to my Instagram, go to the link tree, and then all of my information is in there. I hope to have more YouTube channel videos up soon, but my link in bio pretty much can get you to everything. My website is www.rootedphysicaltherapyllc.com. And my guide will be out on that website in January, and I'll start posting about it in December. It will be a, either you can buy the printable one or a PDF one. That way it's just emailed to you. The PDF one will be a little bit cheaper, but it's truly going to be the six weeks postpartum recovery phase and exercises to be able to get you to six weeks postpartum. But what basically the step-by-step instructions on what you need to do. So whether you're pregnant whether you're postpartum, and then anybody that is knowing somebody having a baby, it'll be a really good baby shower gift for mom. Ooh, awesome. Love that. Thank you for sharing all the ways people can find you. And yeah, everybody go follow Amanda. Then you can stay up to date too on when her guides are being released and everything. And thank you so much for coming on. Just a wealth thank of it. Thank you for having me. Through as we've talked through everything, we could do a ton more talks. So yes, <laughs> we'll have you on another day and we can definitely do more into diving into some of these topics. So thank you so much for coming on. Awesome. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. We will see you on the next one. Thank you so much for listening to today's Infinitely Radiant episode. If you haven't already, please share this out so we can help other mamas and women live an infinitely radiant life. If you'd like to work with me, Dr. Miranda, please see the show notes for how to schedule a call with me so you can live your active life, leakage, and pressure-free. Remember to take some time for you today and let's keep on the journey of being infinitely radiant. Thank you.